It's happy hour again from Uptown New Orleans. Hello, I'm Grant Morris. Happy hour is part of the family of shows on the podcast network. It's neworleans.com. When we started making podcasts in New Orleans 10 years ago, we encountered a lot of skeptical questions. Among them, what happens when you run out of good guests in like six weeks? And what's a podcast? One of the questions we did not hear was, what happens if every bar and restaurant in the city shuts down? That sure would have been funny, but it's turning out to be no joke. So welcome to New Orleans Coronavirus Part 2. Our show is coming to you today, courtesy of Zoom. All of our, and all of our guests are quarantined in their homes, and we're all here individually, courtesy of Zoom. This is the most bizarre thing, not that's just happened, of course, to us, but it's probably happened to the entire world. So welcome to Happy Hour. We'll see how happy this whole thing turns out to be. Mimi Schiff is here. Mimi, welcome. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm great. Last time we talked to you, when was the last time you were on Happy Hour? Oh, gosh. It was probably seven, six years mm. ago. So you've had a meteoric rise to fame since then. You're now the, the head of the Department of Sociology at mm. Tulane University. That is correct, so sir. So congratulations. How did you pull that off? Oh, um, lots of bribes. <laughs> um, no. Uh, it, it was pretty much my turn and uh, something I wanted to do and my colleagues thought they'd like to see what would happen if I became chair and this is my second year and uh, things are going great. This sort of threw a wrench in things. Um, Of course, lots of people trying to get settled, trying to work from home. My administrative assistant didn't even have internet at home. So we had to get her how, set how up and yeah well kind of a, why doesn't I don't know. she have internet is she like an off the grid type hippie and no not that she has uh revealed at work it's possible she is at home <laughs> she doesn't have the um, internet that's pretty but uh, yeah so we had to get her internet we had to get her a computer and but she's all set up now and ready to go okay Strange. well very good and ryan Hancock is here as well. Ryan, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm sitting uh, right here in the lobby of my uh, company, in the main building of where I stay at. So I'm doing well. I have a Port Orleans beer in, in front of me and a koozie. I love koozie, so I collect a shoebox full of koozie. So this is the Port Orleans Bucktown. Okay, you have it. You have it. Can you guys hear Ryan okay? Yeah, it's a little choppy, but I'm, you know, loud and clear. So, Ryan, you're, the, you're, a, you're a DJ on WTUL, right? Yes, I've been on WTUL since January of 2019. Okay. And that's the same college that Mimi yeah. teaches at. Have you guys Never. run into each other? No, um, no, um, not at all. I'm not a student. It's been like a long time since I've been in college. Um, I'm one of the non-affiliates, which means that I'm a non-student, uh, like, People in the New Orleans community can be DJs at WTUL, uh, and I'm one of the people that that's part of the local community that decided to be a DJ at WTUL. Okay, so you just show up to do the show, and then you're not actually. Well, the only time I come up, only time I'm up at Tulane when I'm not doing deep, when I'm not um, doing radio is when I'm delivering food, Uh, because I deliver food on my bike around Uptown. Okay, so a lot. A lot of the customers that come that are at a lot of the customers I have come from Tulane or Loyola. 
and with the schools being closed, like that was a huge. That took a. I want to say it took a huge hit out of my uh, out of the money I make, but it, it took a it, it took a small percentage of out of the them being closed. Right. Well, I'm sure you're not making a lot of money as a DJ at WTOL, right? Oh no, we're 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 volunteer we're volunteer only. Uh, I will say this: it's been, been very busy for me doing. Uh, right. delivery. Could you could you uh, sell drugs? <laughs> oh no do, no. Uh, do people was, still have money to buy drugs, even though they don't have money for anything else? I, you know, I had a I had a landlord that was a crackhead. I'm gonna tell you this: I had a landlord that was a crackhead. How? Here, here's the funny okay. part. How on earth does one person owe everybody in New Orleans money for drugs and manage to live and tell about it? Like the guys, like the, the guy I rented from, dollars. He owed another guy twelve hundred. He owed another guy three hundred dollars, and he still was living. He was, he still lived. Had all his limbs and connections and everything. Well, that's he did. Than just a rhetorical question, did you find out how he pulled it off? I think he had a lot. I think he had Saint Peter on his side, Joseph. And I'm not even Catholic. I was going to say, if he must have been Catholic then. So, um, but he was a landlord, so he had enough money to buy a house. He, I rented a room from the guy. Like I live across the street from Saint Joseph Cemetery in uh, in Central City. I live on Carondelet now. Like it's the only neighborhood. Who I've lived in since I moved to New Orleans in 2015 from Memphis, and the best neighbors I ever had in New Orleans was on Washington Avenue because street from a cemetery. They were just, <laughs> so my best neighbors were people that were buried in St. Joseph Cemetery in Lafayette Number Two. Okay, that's the kind of neighbors you want. Hey, who is this person who's on the show called Boots of Hands? Boots of Hands. Boot that's asher hi asher how are you doing normal face it's hi hey man boots i don't know i don't know why your name on obscured you are totally lurking it says boots boots for hands make normal face normal face it looks like boots for hands make normal face okay boots. nice to see you hey listen our music guests on today's show are the dirty rain revelers is the name of the band technically they're actually a married couple matt and melissa de orazio did i pronounce that even vaguely correctly Close enough. How is yes. it really pronounced? Just Dorazio. Dorazio. The O is silent. It pretty much, yeah. Just kind of all flows right together. If we were in Italy, you would say Dorazio. But here, how long since you've been in Italy? Because that would be a bad um, place to be, right? Right now. It was uh, December '06 last time I was there. Well, you think it's uh, bad here? It's worse in Italy, I think. Yeah, we're, I was actually. Uh, Follow, I follow a girl, a songwriter in Italy, uh, on Instagram. She's been doing a lot of live feed type things. And so I was kind of connecting pretty nuts over there, but they're Italians. They're like New Orleanians. It's like, it's going to go on no matter what. You know? Yeah. I, there's been a lot of stuff you see online of people singing on their belts. Yeah. Which is a pity they got in first for that because we could have done that. Yeah, we would have crushed that. Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew's been Andrew Duhon is here somewhere too. Oh, Andrew, you, right. you hi. Me? You yes, got, me? got you back. So, yeah. Andrew, you've been doing some stuff on um, online as well. I've seen two awesome songs. Yeah, yeah. 
I, uh, well, I mean, we were on the road there for a minute and we had to cancel about half of the tour when it became clear that inviting people to a public place to gather and listen to music was not uh, responsible. So we headed home. Uh, and uh, at that point, I realized that I had a whole bunch of new songs that I was looking to share on a stage. But uh, now that I'm in my bedroom and we have this social media platform, people have been doing this for a while. It hasn't really been my thing, but I'm adopting it uh, to to share these new tunes. And uh, it's really good. And Andrew, I've known you for how long have we known each other? Like, I guess 10 years or something? I think it's. I, I've things never known. I never knew you had a belt collection. <laughs> Quick note, <laughs> yes. we're, now, we're now live on Facebook, and it looks oh. great. Yeah, I was so, to get oh, we got to say hi, hi to the Facebook, Facebook people. people. Yep. Hi, everybody. Well, this Hello, is great because the technology is working. So now it's... Andrew, so how many belts have you got? Hey, how, many, how many what? Belts. Look at the... Where'd you go? Oh, belts. You can see my belts. Yeah, there's a belt coat. Yeah, yeah. look. Um, yeah. Uh, you know? <laughs> of all the times that we've worked together and hung out together, I've never like, looked at your belt ever. You know, it's that, it's that thing that you haven't gone through in a while. No, yeah, this is awkward. I didn't know I was showing off my belts. Look at all my belts. How many belts uh, have you got? Yeah, you know, got? it's that thing where I wear like two of them. <laughs> <laughs> Thomas, how many belts have you got? I only have two, but I, this actually got me curious about how I'm many not even of us are wearing pants right at now. switches. <laughs> really, the beauty of mm -hmm. this. Can see. I, mean, I wear basketball shorts all the time, so I have. I wear. I wear a belt maybe every now and then, special event or something. Mm -hmm. That's when I wear. Uh, I'm not wearing any pants. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, you only put a belt on man in the shadows. Special event. What? I'm telling what? you, I'm telling you guys, we need a word for this new way of communicating. Okay. Mm. There's a mullet where it's business in the front, party in the back. Mm -hmm. You yeah. something that's business on the top. And right, right. What's that called? party if you're it's naked like... or casual or comfy on the bottom. It's, you need it's a word Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. I like it. Winnie the Pooh? I think... Yeah, because he wears a oh, shirt and no pants. So we can just ask each other, are you pulling a Winnie the Pooh? Winnie the yeah. Pooh, okay. Is it, is it like a Bart, is it a body parf something? What, what's uh, like My layers? Well, you guys, see, Matt, Matt and Melissa here have got like a wide shot because there's two of them for a couple of young musicians. Well, thank you. It's nice. They're going to have to start selling that stuff pretty soon, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you doing now that the gigs have run out for real? Uh, we're just kind of uh, organizing the apartment to do, uh, do some more Facebook Live. Um, we, we just got home from a month on tour and fortunately only one of our gigs were canceled. Not due to the coronavirus. Uh, from, from the just tour. Just canceled due to um, lack of interest or what? Uh, I they hired a private party and that that private party was going to pay them and so then they decided why pay musicians when we <laughs> uh, but 
Now, Smart business. We were we were out through the Southwest for this last month. It was like our escape Mardi Gras tour. Uh, about a week before Mardi Gras, and um, it was an amazing uh, journey. And we're so grateful to have done that because then you know, as soon as we got home, everything started yeah. canceling. Yeah, all the cancellations start just rolling in like. Just so, like hemorrhaging yeah. gigs, basically. Yeah, I guess you never realized you were so popular until right? you were canceled. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got plenty of work to do. Realize at home. How I mean, we've got tons of songs to record, and, and we're going to start doing this this whole online right. performance thing. We're going to Winnie the Pooh situation. Well, you've got you've made four yes. albums already, mm -hmm. and you, but you are they all are they all online as Dirty Rain Revelers or are they under the names of previous your other bands. previous Like bands? we have one that we did last year. Last year, Spark, that's like our official Dirty Rain Revelers album. And then we okay. had two albums. Um, our previous name was Sweet Jones. And, um, so we have two records under that. And then one under my old band named Alduazio. Okay, and what about the band Melissa on the Rocks? What was that all about? That was that was um, that was something that we did in Austin when we were in Austin together. This is before we were married, and um, that was like our first official project together. And so we made the record, and it's on our website to listen to, but we never put it on iTunes or printed it or anything. Kind of a long story, but it it, it didn't it didn't quite pan out the way. We thought it should. Just so we just kind of left it available. But I'm sorry to oh, no. brought that up. Too late. <laughs> okay. No, I mean, so it's now you have all this. Now you have all this music out there under different names, though. Can you re-release it under the same name so that people can find it? Um. Well, we could remix it and remaster you've it, got, which is what I would want to do. That's the thing. Electric, uh, it's yeah. like with the. Uh, it's like with the Sweet Jones stuff, and when we changed the name a few years ago to the Dirty Rain Revelers. You know, I thought about different ways we could repackage basically the previous two or three records under that name. And it just seemed like, just let it be what it was. It is what it is. And just move forward. Just keep, because I can, I can mix and mix and mix and mix till the cows come home. I, right. I have no problem doing that. Because then nothing really seems to get done beyond that. <laughs> and we're writing new material now and we want to kind of like, refocus and just you know just keep the ball moving forward yeah hey let's talk about your marriage in a little bit but first um you want to sure. play something what did y'all decide call plan um business on top party on the bottom I'm, i call that lost my i lost my internet connection oh winnie the winnie the poo i think we decided on calling it winnie oh yeah I I always call it Porky Piggin, which is why I wanted to know <laughs> what other people thought. I've heard how, Donald Ducking, how, too. How drunk are you? Donald Duck would totally work, too. <laughs> uh, I've, I've had three. I've had three beers. Well, that's not bad. <laughs> and what do you, what sort, of what sort of drug? Uh, marijuana. Okay. Well, that's not so bad. Um, I don't even know if it's legal, but it's probably almost legal. I, I, I will send it. I will 
<laughs> I mean, there's an apocalypse on after all. <laughs> yeah. Ryan, do you still have any crack? Oh, no. Oh, no. I don't do drugs. I, I, drugs are bad for me. I wouldn't, I advise, do I wouldn't advise doing uh, crack, but I'm not sure that marijuana is regarded as drugs, is it? No. <laughs> I'd like to hear more about this crackhead, but let's get on with things here. For okay, so did we? Did you tell us what song you were playing, Matt okay. and Melissa? We're gonna play "For Be Your Spark," and it's the title track of our album. Okay. Okay.
Nice. Thank okay. you. Okay. Did, did you write that together? Um, yeah, in a sense. I uh, That one, the words kind of all came at once, and um, I started to put together some instrumentation to it, chord arrangement, and then um, when it happens like that, then I bring it to him, and then we sort of work on it together to flesh it out. Um, that one, we actually... Uh, that's like version two, um, similar but different feel than we have volume one album. So right. what's it like being married in, in a band together and in fact, a band of two people together? <laughs> yeah. It, it keeps it very easy and very simple and, um, you know. John, uh, Timber, book three. Say again. Aren't they? They're another husband. Uh, Tim Buck. Um, yeah, uh, Austin. there's a bunch of married couple musicians now out there. And it's like all the rage right now. <laughs> yeah, we keep meeting more on the road. So In our travels, we keep meeting more people who are married couples traveling and playing music together. But I don't know. Just it, it works for us and we you know, we wouldn't have it any other way. I mean, we work with other musicians as well. Like when we need, a, a, when we have gigs, we need like bass and drums or whatever. We have, you know, a whole roster of musicians that we play with um, in different configurations um, on drums and bass and keyboards and horns and whatnot when we need it. Mimi, I'm, I'm just waiting the, for you to jump in, Mimi. Uh, Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> You're not the first person who said that hey. to me. Oh. Thank you very much. <laughs> Sorry about that. Well, <laughs> I bring that up because Mimi is, uh, Mimi, last time we had a, our conversation was all about polyamory. Ah. Right. Right. We you remember that, Andrew? We talked about Mimi's two, uh, I don't know what they call it. I two remember parties. talking about poly polyamory, but the, but the advocate for it was a, was a younger gal who was she was in a polyamorous relationship is this a different podcast i'm no, no, this that is Mimi. Me and I that's was the one younger gal no way yeah of course you were of course you were but um no i i remember someone else talking about po i don't i don't know if i was there was i there? i don't know whether you were there Follow them, either both of us. Well, sometimes you're on the I think, road. I, I think andrew's on to something i seem to remember another conversation yeah. about oh this well. you know who yeah. that was and we right, called that was, that was the comedian yeah, we called up her boyfriend or one of them yes that's yeah. right you're absolutely right what was her yeah. name um oh my god she is so funny too she still writes she writes a lot about polyamory you know who we're talking I about um, i would love to though oh she's if really great she just got oh, married as well what's that like she got married to the guy that she talked to on the show okay Not and lynn, Dr lynn drury was on the same show whether she just she suggested that they go outside well, and make so out for a while. Does that mean her polyamory days are over? No, doesn't have to. Mm. No, are you married? Okay. Maybe are you married or single? What's the story? Now? I'm not married. No, um, I still am polyamorous. I have. I've always been polyamorous, and since our last um, go round on this, I've written two books about it. 
Nice. So, um, yeah, I'm still. Do you like a world expert on polyamory now? Kind of, a little bit. <laughs> Do people call you up and ask you to come and speak yeah, conferences about it? Yeah, people call me up and want to just talk about their relationships. And Do I'm they? not a psychologist. Hmm. I'm a sociologist, so, you know, I have to. I'm happy to talk to people about the sociology of polyamory, but. What the hell is the sociology of? Well, you'll need to read my oh, books. Okay, good <laughs> yeah. Will I be able to understand it? Yeah, I think so. It's not a, an academic term. It's no, a book the, for the first one's public. kind of academic. It's, uh, it's called Beyond Monogamy, and it's about how doing polyamory can affect people's gender and sexual identities. And the one I just published is sort of looking at different media representations of poly relationships and thinking about what those representations say about poly lives. You mean how polyamory is portrayed in the media? Yeah, in yeah, like in journalism, in um, uh, historical biography, in films, in television, all, all different kinds of I don't see it mentioned is it all that much. Is that because I don't pay attention or is it? What's that? Is it mentioned a lot in the media, polyamory? Amory. It is. You'd be surprised how frequently people are talking about polyamory. And I also talk about, you know, when I'm um, writing about historical biography, it's people who were doing something that looked like polyamory, but they didn't call it that. So like, for instance, the guy who created Wonder Woman, William Marston, he lived with two women who he considered both his wives and they considered each other, each other's wives. Wow. That's, yeah, is it and he, is it built, he built the character Wonder Woman based on these two women. That's why Wonder Woman has the whip, because she was into, he was into <laughs> kinky stuff. It, uh, actually, that is true, but let's not conflate kink and poly. <laughs> okay, I'm, my apologies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and do you have a, what's that, Ryan? My mind. Blown. I would have never guessed that he that this guy was like he had two women at the same time. He did, and they all lived together, and they raised each other's kids. And they um, after he died, the two women lived together for thirty years wow. as wives, essentially. Who killed him? <laughs> Which one killed him? He probably died of a heart attack <laughs> in the middle of a three-way. Mm -hmm. Do you, live with, do you live with two people? I live by myself. You live by yourself. So you just have people, you control the whole situation from your place. Oh, I, I don't would like control that. anything. You don't? No. no. How does it work then? I mean, it must be under control. Oh, it's got to be well, like... Well, yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of work that goes into it. Um, right now, I'm currently... I one romantic partner i have one what we call polyaffective partner which is we're family but we're not sexually involved with each other um so well, it's like a sister or a brother or something no no it's different um so you have a friend yeah i have lots of friends but i mean you're not having right? sex with the person who's well, listen i know a lot of people who are married who aren't having sex with each 
Correct. <laughs> right. That's not, mm. that's not much of an indicator necessarily by no, itself. No, we're like, we're, we were formerly romantic sexual partners and um, the relationship transitioned into being um, more like um, family, right. like chosen kin. Chosen right. kin. That's like a sort of Mississippi family. <laughs> Is Family. Oh, you know. Alabama. Mississippi family. Maybe Alabama, yeah. <laughs> yes, Ryan, were you going to say something? I was going to say either Alabama or Arkansas. No, I think Arkansas, they, they, they corner the market on things like that. On things like having sex with family members. Yeah. They they center the they 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 have they they both the stand they set the standard. Mm -hmm. It's so like Indiana and Baptist. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I I grew up in Mississippi and I am from Arkansas and I don't sleep with anyone that I'm related to yeah. at least to my knowledge. <laughs> I think y'all are complaining a whole bunch of things. Hold on. Yes, incest is not the same as polyamory. No. <laughs> And I would like to suggest that, like all sexual minorities, once you reveal that you're poly or gay or queer, everyone thinks you're a pervert right. in all ways. And maybe I'm just a pervert in that way. <laughs> Do you? It's not a perversion, though. You're not regarded as that. Oh right? well, that's a longer. You, actually, you should read my book. <laughs> I, I'm, I, mean, I, I don't want to keep plugging my book, but but I do argue that. It, it's a, a perversion in that it outs, it's outside the norm of okay. what people expect. And therefore, there's discrimination and all sorts of prejudice and assumptions mm -hmm. about what kind of people mm -hmm. we are. Oh, you know what? Well, last time we had this conversation, it just came back to me now that you were, you were really ahead of the game. Because you were the first person I'd heard talk about the word queer as if it was an okay word Ooh. to say. And it wasn't an insult. In fact, it was a whole new genre of people. Yeah. So how did that, what exactly is queer now then? Well, I can tell you how I think about it. I think about queer as something that is um, considered abnormal or not homosexuality. So it's compared to what people call heteronormativity, which is a jargony academic word. If you're not in a monogamous heterosexual relationship, people can sort of look at you as not a normal person or citizen or a member of the community. So queer is sort of like anti-normal. Okay. But it's and not a bad... I argue, is queer. And because it's queer, there's all sorts of potential to radically change the way we do relationships. It in ways that reduce inequality, gender inequality or race inequality or class inequality. And I also think it's a way to rethink our relationship to other people in the world, because if you're poly, you're sort of open to other people right. coming in. But if you're monogamous, you kind of are, other people might mm -hmm. be threatening. So especially in a time like this, when we should all be looking to each other as part of our one big family, 
I think polyamorous. Mm. Uh, They're not even allowed to go leaders. and visit each other, though. But we have this. I mean, I've done long distance relationships. Is this you regarded know? as a relationship talking to somebody on Zoom? Sure. I mean, what do you, what do the rest of you people sure. think, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. I mean, shoot. I mean, it's 2020. Shoot. This isn't covered wagon day. You know, you don't have carrier pigeons on Telegram. Do people even do Telegrams anymore? No. <laughs> I don't believe. I so. don't think so. I wonder. Well, I think it sounds to me maybe like maybe my administrative assistant did. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like there's less guidelines with polyamory, which means there needs to be a lot more communication, which is just going to be healthier from the jump, I'd imagine. And, you know, I, in my experience, communication is what provides health in a relationship and complacency is easy and you're just not communicating in the way that you need to. So maybe polyamory is that one rollerblade sort of thing where you're constantly a little bit seeing what's next and, and, and communicating about it constantly, which could be, you know, uh, could solve a lot of problems that some of us, uh, one woman, men, and one man, women, or, or one man, men, or, you know, et, et cetera. Would uh, you be up for trying that, Andrew? What's that, Polly? Yeah. As a younger man, I, I was interested in dabbling in such things, but uh, these days I have too much else to think about. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know that I'm, uh, I'm on, I don't know that I'm cut from the cloth, but, but I totally recognize the, idea that uh that sort of communication could lead to what about the only stuff? married couple in this conversation melissa and matt would you be interested right. in going outside your relationship no that's not our we i think we're just met for each other and and we both feel that and um it's hard enough dealing with one person sometimes I couldn't <laughs> that's a good point two. mimi i bet everybody says that <laughs> a lot of people say that yeah and usually is, um, ooh, that sounds really interesting. And then um, they think about it and then they ask about jealousy. And then how do you, they How do you answer the jealousy one? Well, um, you know, of course there's jealousy, uh, um, but jealousy doesn't have to be such a terrifying thing. Mm -hmm. You can learn a lot about yourself, about what you're jealous about. Mm -hmm. And, um, from my perspective, I would rather do the work around jealousy than have to, um, you know, cut myself off from people I'm attracted to. Like, in order to be monogamous, maybe this isn't true for everybody, but it was for me. I felt like I had to sort of shut down desire for other people. And that was a lot, a lot of work for me. And I, did, I wasn't interested in doing that work. I'd much rather do the work but around You jealousy. have to have a partner who's prepared to go along with that plan. I'm not sure that... Yeah. Absolutely. And, and certainly um, the, the person that I'm family with and no longer romantically or sexually involved with, that was the issue. That person did not want to do polyamory anymore. And I was polyamorous. So we had to figure out how to change our relationship so that um, we could still be together, but in a Lots way of people that... Liked the idea of multiple partners and they just cheat mm -hmm. basically a lot of people do that I just have to... what's that 
girlfriend. Somebody's breaking up. I'm not sure who that is. No, uh, I think I'm all right. My my audio's all right. What that was? <laughs> I was just gonna say <laughs> that it's kind of it's kind of like it, it sounds to me. It sounds to me like uh, it's not only a challenge of like um, you know balancing one relationship, but balancing multiples, and then balancing all these multiple partners' different views on what polyamory is to begin with, right? Yeah. It is. Um, it, it requires a lot of communication and ideally partners of partners are communicating with each other about their That's needs. That's a good point. So you're um, polyamorous with somebody else who's polyamorous and they have other people. Yeah. Oh my God, there's a whole web of it going on there. Right. Well, it's not, I mean, people have all kinds of multiple relationships. People don't just have one right. friend or one child or one cousin or one grandparent we, we negotiate all kinds sure. of multiple dynamics but we it's that sex and the romance that we get hung up on and that's what I'm against and that's why I still say that you know I have a family that's polyamorous but I'm not sexually or romantically involved with everyone about sex which I've been meaning to get the answer to maybe somebody can tell me this is this uh, coronavirus sexually transmitted it is. I hope not. <laughs> I, I'm wondering if you can get it by having sex with somebody, because that would be the one thing. Oh, are you being kind? Fetish is to like sneeze on people, kind of thing. <laughs> oh Lord! I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm concerned too. I mean, shoot! I mean, I'm terribly concerned. I'm terribly afraid of that. Like getting coronavirus from sex. Oh man! Well, I don't think you. I don't know if you can. That's what I'm, that's what I'm asking. Well, about. it's hard to have sex if you're 10 feet apart. Right. Yeah. As long as, you've got, as long as you're not like, or, you know. Yeah. You can ask them more kids. I mean, they used to do a thing. Like when I was a kid, there was a show called uh, David the Gnome. And they used to air on uh, Nick Jr. when I was about five or six, about four or five years old. And they, David and his wife used to ask them more kids. But they still took that's right. Mm -hmm. Can't do that. No, that's totally wrong. I'm just mm -hmm. talking about getting a blowjob, say. I see. That wouldn't be very uh, risky. Blowjob, blow right? Yeah. That would be oh, low fine. risk. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. So there's still yeah, some things bad. we can do, even in the age of COVID-19, yeah. to have fun. It's fact. In fact, that's better than intercourse because you're gonna <laughs> kiss. I mean, I imagine you're probably gonna kiss you're good. if you're having it in most so. positions your face is gonna be too close to somebody yeah so i mean these are... you'd have to have some pretty interesting anatomy to be 10 feet away and still have sex <laughs> maybe that guy from kiss what's his name <laughs> Gene oh. Simmons. Simmons. yeah he could kiss someone See, from what was the name of that woman who was the polyamorous person on the show did you find out no i can try you said she was on the show with Lindsay. Lindsay was on, and she was so funny. She's such, and then she moved to Chicago, and then she came back to New Orleans and got married, and she had a wedding in City Park, and anybody was invited on Facebook. Mm. And I can't believe I can't think of her name. Andrew, it's time for.
for a song. What are you thinking? Uh, well, with all this uh, relationship talk, I think <laughs> I'm going to have to play you one that uh, maybe, maybe, maybe it wouldn't have been written, written but for uh, not, not knowing the ways of polyamory. Maybe that's it. Mm. One second. Let me grab that guitar. Hey, Grant. How about Sophie Lucido Sophie Johnson? Lucido Johnson, that was her name. Thank you, Sirak. Yes. Got it. Sophie Johnson, and she's actually writes for the New Yorker and she does illustrations and she writes mostly about polyamory. Write her name down yeah. because she's really, that really smart. That episode is called Dear Luke and it's from February the 6th, 2018. Oh, excellent. Good job. Dear Luke. Yes, that was the guy she married, I think, in the end. Yeah. He called in during the show and she told him that I'm telling, I'm telling everyone all about us. That's a great episode, actually. That was really good. She, is, she, she was a stand-up comedian. She's a great writer. Definitely worth following up. Okay, Andrew, what's the song called? The song's called Almost Forever. Uh-huh. And uh, it's, you know, straight-up country song, really. Um, which reminds me, I feel like the CDC really hasn't mentioned the most important thing that we should all be focused on, and that's making sure that Willie Nelson also, is somewhere safe. I'm not sure why, why we haven't talked about that. That's right. That's right. Yeah. What about Ruth Bader Ginsburg? Yep. yep. Hashtag yeah. isolate the legends. Yep. Please isolate them. This one goes like this, y'all. All right. How long has it been? Feels like almost forever Since I've seen your face Since we were together The ties that did bind Your heart to mine we were so sure we'd never sell. But that was a long time ago. Feels like almost forever. Time sure does fly by. It feels like almost forever. We used to laugh and cry Talk about growing old together We were so sure Our love would endure Through all winter's weather Now there's a chill on my skin we were almost forever. It's angel's sad song, known all too well by the most of us. What can we do but raise a toast to the ghost of a love? Still haunting the both of us. How long has it been? 
feels like almost forever since way back when you were my best friend back when we'd always be together we were so sure our love would endure through all winter well mm, it was a good ride it was almost forever thanks everybody nice job andrew nice and sad yeah Keeping spirits down. It's a real downer. Was that about a real relationship? Or we just made yeah, that I think, up. I think it, it's based on true true sentiments. All of them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think uh, I think sometimes it's uh, it's clear in some way. Fuck you. Fuck you. And you you <laughs> peace out. And then sometimes it's just like maybe it just misses, and you still have respect and and right. and love for that person, but it's just. Uh, it's something else. It's not okay, quite, so it's almost what you want. polyamory. Could you hold on to that person <laughs> and not demand so much of them? Right. I mean, that, that is the question. It's kind of like, you know, I'm a, it's like we're all see, we're trying to be season ticket holders here. But if we had friends to split the tickets with, could we just decide what games we wanted to go to? You know, <laughs> very good analogy. I love that. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. can't go to every game. Right. Can't go to every game. Like, like if you have season tickets for the Pelicans, like one person had like, here's tickets for the fifth person, here's 15 games for you, 20 games for that person, and 20 games, mm -hmm. 15, 16 games for the other person. So it's sort of like, you know, splitting, you know, three different ways or whatever. But then it's going to get complicated because, you know, I just got to go that Pacers game so you're gonna have to take one from me and then we're gonna have to like start switching this up and we're gonna have to communicate and we're you just gonna have what? to talk I about up, this, I grew up you know? as a kid I, I love Reggie Miller mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. I, I love Reggie Miller and, and I love I love those um those pinch like jerseys that's that right Indiana had, like the, that the Pacers had back in the uh, late 90s and early 2000s me too I love yeah. Professional athletes' uniforms are way too loose these days. Mm. They were tighter when they were pinstriped? Weren't they? Shorts in particular. I love the bet. Like, for me as a kid, for me as a kid, I had like 20 different Michigan Wolverine hats. And I wasn't even a Michigan Wolverine fan. I grew up an LSU fan. Being from Memphis, I used to pick up WWL on, um, on my radio. My grandmother gave me this transistor radio. So I would pick up LSU football games. So I remember where I was when LSU beat Notre Dame 25. Where, where were you? I was in Memphis. And it was Liberty Bowl? Independence, Independence Bowl, yeah. 1997, mm -hmm. 1997, they played Notre Dame. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. And beat Florida when Florida was number one at Tiger <laughs> Stadium. Um, when Kevin Falk basically, he beat Florida by himself. Okay, let's let's move things up a little bit to the present day, Ryan, because here's the deal. I got this bio about you and Graham 
happened upon our producer who's on a plane back here, by the way, from New Orleans, uh, from Los Angeles. She said, um, she sent me this bio about you and it says you can follow him on Twitter at the R Hancock 19, which I don't know what the 19, maybe that's the 19, a COVID-19 uh, reference. The 19 stood for um, two things. One was Tony Gwynn. Tony Gwynn was my favorite, mm-hmm. one of my favorite baseball players growing up. And the other one was 19 is also the number of Junior, Junior Gilliam who is one of the greatest uh, African-American baseball, one of the greatest African-American baseball players to ever come out of my home state. And he wore number 19. He was a coach. He played for, uh, he played for the Dodgers when they were in Brooklyn and in LA. And uh, number 19. Okay. Tony Gwynn was really like the main reason why I had 19 in my, in my, uh, in my Twitter handle. Uh, also, the other one would be Steve Yagerman and Brendan Shanahan because I grew up a big St. Louis Blues. Yeah, okay. Fan. Well, listen, all that notwithstanding, here's the deal. So I go to your Twitter account and it's, you know what it says? Account suspended. Oh, you, you, pick, you put in, it's the. Oh, my. It says that you've done something bad. <laughs> well, I went off on a Nazi. Like years ago, I went off on a Nazi because I have an aunt and it's like my friends are my family. It's like, I'm going to fight for you regardless. And this Nazi got mad at me for going off on him. And he got my account suspended. But my account is T-H-E-R-H-A-N-C-O-C-K-19. Yes. So you have to put the T-H-E before you say R-Hancock-19. I've, that's what I've got. And it says account suspended. That's the same thing I've got. So you got suspended from Twitter because you're what, what I would assume most of us would guess is on the right mm-hmm. side. So if you're pro that what happened to the Nazi? Did he get suspended or was he still I on? think he got suspended after, I think he got suspended. And the funny way how I found out I got suspended was I was going, I was starting my apprenticeship at WTUL because when you go to W when you start at WTUL, they um, put you through this apprentice thing. And then you have to go to classes on Sunday, you have to take tests and everything. So I get to the radio station at six in the morning to shadow the classical music show. I take a photo of me being behind the microphone. And as soon as I tried to tweet it, it said, uh, you don't have the permission to tweet. I'm like, what the I'm like, what's going on here? So I look on Twitter and I find out, oh, account suspended. I'm like, what? I was like, so I'm texting my aunt. I text my aunt, my aunt Mandy, who is, God forbid, y'all need to get her on our show. She is one of New Orleans' greatest characters. I text her on, I text her. I said, these folks just suspended my motherfucking account. Excuse my language. These folks just suspended my account. And I try to get it appealed. And they told me, the day I got suspended the day before my birthday like I got suspended the day before my birthday and I got my appeal denied the day after my birthday which which year are we talking about here 2018 so I've been that was I started my I started my Twitter account on St. Patrick's Day you've been suspended for a long time because you're still suspended according to my info here wow I'll have to send you the 
correct. I, I'll, I'll have to send okay. it to you. All right. Well, that's, that's an interesting story that I must say. Yes. But, but the thing, but, but, but being at WTUL, um, we've been around 60 years. So it's amazing when I tell people I've, I'm a DJ at WTUL. You tell people that you're a DJ there, and I have people like Margaret Orr say, "Hey, I grew up listening to WTUL." Or you had, um, let's see, it was like two other people, like uh, Graham. He talked about working at WTUL. So it's a. I worked at TUL for like five years. I was over there on the classical program, actually doing the late night show. That's actually how I got started in radio. So TUL is a hotbed. Props to it for sure. Yeah. Yes, I mean it's a station that brought uh, Ernie Cato had a show on there <laughs> during the late eighties and early nineties, and even Jerry Springer Jerry Springer had a show on. There. Okay, so you still have it, Ryan. You still have a show on there, right? So we can hear you on. On Saturday, Saturday mornings, mornings uh, we switched over to a seven. We're on air. We have live programming from seven to seven a.m. to nine p.m. And my show starts at seven a.m. Okay. six a.m. And I get it's an amazing show. It's a, I play a lot of. I play everything from, from. I play local. I play prog. Do you talk much? Um, we get we get all kinds of. I, I've had like one caller. We get is a guy named Justin. Like he calls every single Dude, show. no, that guy calls all the time. Holy crap. I haven't been at TUL in five years. Justin used to call my show every single <laughs> week. He's not joking. Justin loves WTUL. Holy so, cow, I forgot about Justin. Justin is as Grant, real as it gets, dude, for sure. He's a diehard, but the guy, for me, he creeped me out. Oh yeah, he's like, gonna freak I, you I, out I'm for like, sure. New, he's know, got some stories that Justin, <laughs> dude, for sure. <laughs> we, need to, we need to get Justin on the show. Hey, listen, Melissa and Matt, we're running out of time rapidly here. You gonna play one more song for okay. Did Jerry Springer go to Tulane or something? Yes, he went to Tulane. He did. Yes. Yes. Oh, did. Before he became true. the mayor of nice. Cincinnati, least we forget. Wow. Mayor for like a Wow. What a guy. Hey. How long have you been married? Jerry Springer changed this whole country, probably. <laughs> Sadly, in a way, yeah, I guess. It's so. the last time you had a hit. Jerry Springer was the coronavirus <laughs> of his. his I love, I love, like, like, I Jerry love. Springer is the coronavirus <laughs> of the nineties. That's he it's really awesome. changed America. Coronavirus. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> okay, <sighs> Melissa, and Matt, what do you plan? Okay, we're. We're gonna play all you're gonna miss me when on it from our Magnolia album and uh we posted a YouTube video of it from our show. In, um, no, actually it was in Marfa. Marfa, Texas last week. Okay. You guys were in Marfa, Texas last week? Yeah, yes. we okay, did. So um, I was sorry to interrupt you right when you were going to start playing. What is that place really like? Is it as hip as everybody says? No, not at all. Don't visit send anybody else there it's awful that's what yeah. you're supposed to say if you're from Marfa, right <laughs> tell them not to come uh, well that's it's kind of funny because we were kind of telling each other like oh man this place is great as soon as word gets out how cool this place is everyone's gonna like 
all the white people and destroy it, just like everywhere else they go. And so, like, not don't tell anyone about this place. But West Texas in general, we just really fell in love with the people that it and spacious. Um, we didn't get a chance to mark the lights, but we were in Marfa, Pine, Marathon, and Terlingua over the course of several days on our way out way back um we went as far as but there was nice um it's just very low uh oh have you frozen up there's like a lot of museums and galleries and uh alpine is a little there's a university there and um uh see live music where is just kind of one place <laughs> and okay. um but it was cool we enjoyed right. ourselves and would you really recommend nice anyone visiting Marfa just between us is not it? right now no not right i guess not, not right, right now, now. maybe in maybe in That's july are oh. you allowed to take a road trip i mean I is that to get out of your car <laughs> yeah, you just need to like find some hand sanitizer somewhere. Yes. Yeah, so. uh, make some for alcohol and uh, wash your hands a lot and okay. bring a lot of like packaged food with you. I guess that's good <laughs> advice. Is your guitar made by someone called Melanza? Yes. Yeah, it is. It's like, well, he. Um, his name is Gerard. He's out of Thibodeau, Louisiana. Um, unfortunately, he passed away last year in October. Um, He's still his guitar. Doing a house concert. In, uh, and everybody after we finished was just going crazy. And I was Gerard, you know, his. And then I went outside to smoke a cigarette. and. Uh, for some reason, opened Facebook and saw that he had just asked me the day before. Oh, wow. um, he was a really good cat um, and an amazing mother. Did that make you think about quitting oh, smoking? No. <laughs> okay. He didn't die from The juxtaposition of those two events might have actually got through. But let's get on. Let's, well, you're going to miss me when I'm gone. Let's do it. Okay. You're going to miss me.
That's sort of, I hope the podcast version of that is, is better than that because that sort of stopped at the end somewhere. Oh, okay. It sounded nice though. So did you write that one together as well? Or is that an old standard? No, uh, we wrote that together as well. Um, I, uh, I had a, a day job that I was just about fed up with and um, wrote, that was another one where I like, wrote all the lyrics pretty much all at once and kind of had a melodic idea for it and then we bring it together and as we do and hammer it out. out. Well listen you guys we have to get out of here. So this is the part of the show that I would normally say where can we go to hear you but I guess uh, nowhere. The dirty revelers.com the dirty rain revelers.com and um we can find the stuff on Spotify, Spotify right and then uh on Facebook and Instagram at Dirty Rain Revelers. Dirty Rain Re Revelers. Okay. Well, hopefully this thing's not going to go on too much longer. We'll be able to go and see you live somewhere or other. And Ryan. I'm still here. Yo, we can hear you on Saturday mornings on TUL from seven o'clock in the morning. I'm dying to have, do you ever put this guy, Justin, on the air when he calls? <laughs> oh my <laughs> No. You don't give the keys to the asylum to the inmates, Grant. Come on, dude. It's radio. What are you talking about? Oh, my God. <laughs> the inmates are running the asylum. Okay, so. Like one time he called like five, he one time called five times. One time he called like five times in like three hours. And he actually showed up at the station. And I was like, oh. And it was like five in the morning. And I'm like, whoa. All right. Okay, so we can find. Oh. On Twitter, the R Hancock 19 is your new, yes. newly constituted, reinstituted account. Okay. Yes. And Mimi, thank you for coming back to see us. My again. pleasure. Thanks for the invitation. What should, we, uh, what should we be reading about polyamory and monogamy? What, which one of your books is the most accessible? Probably the one that just came out. It's called Polyamory, Monogamy, and American Dreams. Mm. Cool. That sounds good. And you know what? We've got the time to read that right now that we do we just we sure do we can't this has been it. a very interesting day mm -hmm. hasn't it andrew this has been a pretty interesting show i didn't know if we'd be able to pull this off but i think Good, we yeah did. i i think uh i think this has been lovely yeah what i think it's been okay what else have we have been doing yeah. nope. <laughs>
<laughs> we could do another hour. We've got nowhere to go. Really? What are you doing after this? Exactly. You, yeah, you were like, uh, hey, do you guys want to podcast on the on the on the web and, and i said let me check my schedule yeah good all clear <laughs> mimi what are you doing after this i have more zoom meetings nice yeah hey do you have to yeah. teach are you teaching online during this yeah we're, we've gone fully online so starting next week you have to so teach. i wish we could have a full class of kids that you have to have a yeah i had a meeting yesterday there were a hundred and I think like 35 people on the meeting. That's wow. more people than have ever listened to Happy Hour ever. <laughs> if you add right. up every show for the last 10 years <laughs> on one meeting, that must be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it went I, was, well. I wonder if we could have dug into sociology as it relates to pandemics. Oh, we oh sure. Touch, we didn't even touch that. Is there a sociology of pandemics Absolutely. for Thomas? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I'm not, it's not my field, but yeah, sure. Get on. I could actually give you a recommendation. I could find someone. Carl Graham, yeah, we'd be interested to find out about the sociology of pandemics because it's something that we all know about for yeah, once. Yeah, absolutely. What the fuck is going to happen anyway to us all? I think we're going to get through it. Yeah, I think we need yeah. a, a vaccine, and once that's in the flu shot, and that's that is all right. what will. And we're all going to get a thousand bucks apparently, so that'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, uh, I'm not, I don't think I can handle polyamory, but I know about a $2,000 jet ski grant. What do you say about going in halfsies on? And we put it on a jet ski and then take it down the lake. There uh -huh. you go. Uh-huh. Yes. Yep. Okay. That's not a bad idea. I've never even thought about buying a jet ski in my life. Poly, <laughs> jet, poly jet skiery. We're into that. How dangerous is that? Nothing could go wrong, right? It's all about pulling <laughs> hey, listen, we've got to say thank you to uh, the people who made this show possible today, especially the Positive Vibrations Foundation who create and encourage community through the development and preservation of the arts, music, culture, and heritage. We could certainly do with that. And to Basics Underneath on Magazine Street near Jefferson Avenue that when they're open, sell swimsuits uh, and lingerie. And thanks to everybody else who's been a part of the show. Thanks to Zoom, especially for $15. Best 15 bucks we've spent in a long time. Great. You paid them already. You oh, don't got to thank them. Oh, we have to mention Patreon, by the way. Thank you, C-Rock, for bringing that up. Patreon, if you go to patreon.com. <laughs> Make Zoom pay us. Zoom should, I, you think they would? <laughs> With a few more kind words. Yeah, yeah. I'll say anything. It's sponsored. Go to Patreon. <laughs> go to patreon.com while you've got a minute and search for its New Orleans Happy Hour for as little as one solitary dollar. You can be a member of our Happy Hour family. Just search for It's New Orleans Happy Hour. I got a great text from Graham DePonte. I'm sure she doesn't want me to share this, but it is one of the greatest texts I've gotten in a long time. Hang on, where is it? Um, hey, Jill sent me some photos from today's show. <laughs> this is Graham DePonte. But we'll have to knock off. This is the producer of our show after a few minutes to get to the airport. And I'm like, why are you going to the airport? She said, to come home from L.A. I can't get into the meeting. Oh, well, I should be having sex one more time anyway. <laughs> so that's a fitting end to the show, don't you think? That's great. That's from the producer of our show, Graham DePonte. Our music producer is Monique Pyle. Our music consultant is Christian Unruh. Thomas Walsh is our technical director. 
our Facebook live feed director normally is Ash when he's not drinking. How many beers have you had now, Ash? Uh, I've had four beers and a rum old fashioned. Oh, very good. So you've only had one yeah. beer and one old fashioned during the course of the show. <laughs> Our fact checker and social media connector is Andrew yeah. Sirock. Yeah. Our theme music was written by and is currently being played by Mitch Warren. If you'd like to be on our show and can stay upright while drinking alcohol, drop us a line. Our address is on our website. It's neworleans.com. You can check out many other happy hours we made before this one. Along with other shows we make around here, including Out to Lunch with Peter Rusciutti live from Commander's Palace when that was open. Louisiana Eats with Poppy Tucker and a reward-winning show about death called Death the Podcast. You can also find other great Louisiana podcasts at itsacadiana.com and at itsbatonrouge.la. You can keep up with us on a bunch of time-sucking social media between shows like Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find those links on our website, itsneworleans.com. You can actually find photos from the show on itsneworleans.com and on our It's New Orleans Happy Hour Facebook page. Believe it or not, Jill Lafleur managed to take photos off the screen during the course of this show. So check that out. You can find more of Jill's photos too at lafleurphoto.com. If you listen to this on your favorite podcast app, thank you for subscribing to us. If your podcast app has a share function, try telling a couple of people about Happy Hour and they can find it as well. The show was recorded live today on Zoom. Thanks to our friends at the Maple Leaf who we would normally be at, but especially Thomas Walsh who recorded this whole Thing. Happy Hours production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworlders.com. For Andrew Duhon, everyone uh, around the Zoom camera here in our various isolated homes in quarantine, <laughs> and no one back at our office in INO Broadcasting. Thanks for joining us. I'm Grant Morris. I'll hopefully see you back here next week for more Happy Hour. Thank you, you so much, everybody. Everyone be well. Pull it up. Love you. <laughs>